Today we're going to talk about meaningful sacrifices. <clears throat> that last song, I surrender. What are you surrendering? Yourself. And the scripture talks about you becoming a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. Living as though you were dead. Living sacrifice. In other words, God, I give you my life. And I embrace your purpose for me. Meaningful sacrifices. The reason people aren't where they want to be in life could very well be, and most likely is because they aren't making the right sacrifices in life. I talk to people who feel like the world is against them. Sometimes I've felt that way. Everything falls apart. Everything goes the wrong way. But I talk to people that all the time, this is their life. Nothing ever goes my way. The people that I want in my life, if they do come into my life, they don't stay. But most of the time, they don't even come into my life. And the truth is, we all feel this way at times, but there are certain portions of our lives that are necessary to make sure that are coming together that are necessary. The, the basics of our lives that God gives us the opportunity to have together in our lives. And they're going to ebb and flow. They're going to go up and down. But by and large, if we make the right sacrifices in these areas of our lives, we're going to see good things happen. So the question is this, what is and isn't going my way in my life? What is working in my life? What isn't working in my life? And if you take an honest appraisal at that question and say, all right, this is working and this isn't working the way that I want it to. If you look at your life, you can also see, by and large, where your sacrifices are going. Because what is working in your life, you've made sacrifice for that to work. And what isn't working in your life, you've not made the proper sacrifice for that portion of your life to be working. If you make sacrifices to have healthy, a healthy relationship with God, guess what you're going to have? A healthy relationship with God. I surrender. And if we don't do that, we're not going to have a healthy relationship with God. If you make a healthy sacrifice or the right sacrifice to have a healthy body, what's going to happen? You're going to have a healthier body. I hit the gym for the first time in 30-something years this week. I can hardly straighten my arms. I'm making a sacrifice right here in front of you. It's killing me. I, I've sacrificed my tasty cakes so I could have a healthier body. If you want a healthy marriage, a healthy church, a healthy family, there are sacrifices that have to be made for these portions of your life to be healthy. And to be good, to be strong. Problems arise when we make poor sacrifices to nurture those necessary areas of our lives. You see, that's when we start saying, hey, what's going on here? I'm making sacrifices left and right. Why isn't it working out? Where's God? Where's my church family? Why am I not losing weight? I don't understand. Why is my debt growing? My marriage is in a rut. Why are my kids becoming morons? I don't understand this stuff. Why is my business failing? The key to these areas being healthy in our lives is not just to make little sacrifices along the way. 
but to make the proper sacrifices, the right sacrifices, the full sacrifice. And if it's that simple, I guess the question is, well, why aren't we all just doing it? If it's that simple, if having my life together in all these areas and having good things in my life is, is just about making sacrifice, why aren't we just all doing it? Well, here's why. Because there's risk when you make a sacrifice. There's risk. And we're afraid of that risk. The old saying is true. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Well, the same is true. You can't have your sacrifice and make it too, right? You can't have your lamb and sacrifice it. It's going to be dead. It's going to be gone. You can't have your time and sacrifice it too so that you could have a healthier marriage. I'm going to invest more time into my marriage. Well, guess what? That time is going to be gone then. You don't have that time. You, won't have, you might have a healthier family, but your time is gone. You might have a healthier church because you invested your time into it, but your time is gone. You can't have your time and all of these things too, but the great thing is that you get what you invest in. And you invest your life into something good. You can't have your money and sacrifice it too, can you? You've got to have an understanding that what you give up is there as a sacrifice so that you can have something very important in your life. We're afraid of making the right sacrifices because it takes faith. It takes faith to make the right sacrifices. Faith is saying, I believe that if I let go of this, that it will produce the good things I'm missing in my life. If I let go of this, I will have this. That's faith. Fear says, if I sacrifice this, it's going to be gone, and all I've got is just a chance that good will come from it. That's fear. But faith says, if I let go of this, I will have this. That's faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? So we've got to shift our thinking from thinking, well, there's just a chance that I'm going to have something, that this is going to come together for me, that it's going to work out for good. We've got to shift our thinking from the fear that's there over to understanding that God has promised us good things if we just make the right sacrifices. So we're stuck in mediocrity. And we're stuck in this fear. And here's the thing. We're also stuck being miserable. But I have to ask you a question. If your marriage is having problems and you change nothing, you don't sacrifice something now, how much more miserable are you going to be in three years? If your job, if you can't stand your job and it's, you're miserable at your job and you change nothing, you don't sacrifice something to make it better, how much more miserable are you going to be in three years? So we have this fear of giving up something to have something better, but yet we should be more afraid of it being worse, worse down the road if we don't give it up. We're always making a sacrifice, aren't we? Another reason we don't make the right sacrifices. We spend our lives putting out fires instead of, putting, instead of making the right fire. We spend our lives putting out fires instead of just making the right fire. 
Investing your life in stomping out every fire in life around you will keep you from ever creating a fire to make a sacrifice. If all you're doing is walking around and stomping out fires, oh, I got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, oh, I got to go over here, and everybody's telling you where to go and what to do, and oh, that feels comfortable because at least I'm getting something done with my life and I'm not being unproductive with my life, but here's the problem. There's no sacrifice in stomping out fires. The sacrifice happens when you intentionally create and build a fire and put something on the fire instead of just stomping out the fires around you. Well, John, you don't understand. If I'm not the one stomping out this fire, this is going to burn down. Well, it may well need to burn down. Maybe the other people in your life that lit the fire will stop lighting that fire. You see, everyone has things to do on Sundays to fill up a Sunday morning besides go to church. Every one of you had other things that you could do this morning. But what did you do? I'm going to the house of the Lord. You built a fire. Every one of you could have stayed home and just stepped on fires and stomping them out. Every one of you could have done that. But instead, you built a fire. Sacrifice. Everyone needs food and gas and clothes. But I look at people that also give gratefully to the house of the Lord. And what God is doing. Everyone has all these needs. We can put out all those fires or we can create a sacrifice and say, isn't that beautiful? Everyone has other things to do besides go to the gym and exercise. (laughs) Oh, man. I hope I don't pay for preaching on this. see, there's no sacrifice in doing every little thing that needs to be done. There's no sacrifice in that. The sacrifice is intentional. When you stop and you build an altar and you say, I'm giving this up because I believe it will produce the good that God wants me to produce. I'm giving this up so that I can produce the good that God wants me to produce. Hebrews 11 is the great hall of faith chapter. We've referred to it quite a bit over the last few weeks. This chapter is all about people making the right sacrifices. And these people did it even though, this is so important for you to hear, they did it even though they never saw the results of it. They sacrificed and sacrificed, but never saw it until after they were dead and in heaven. And here's the beautiful thing. They're there and they're still now looking down and seeing the results of the sacrifices they made. We're so caught up in thinking that this life is what we make all these sacrifices for. And the truth of the matter is we could be on the other side before we ever see the good things come from the sacrifices we made. And we got to be good with that. What's that called? Storing up treasure in heaven, right? So the chapter begins with this. He talks about faith. Remember, we just talked about faith. He says, faith is confidence in what we what? Hope for and assurance about what we do not see. 
What is he saying? Faith is looking ahead and seeing what we hope for and seeing things that we don't see right now. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. In other words, if you're having trouble understanding that God created this place, Faith is is important to understand that and accept it so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And then he goes into a list of people that did acts of faith. These are people that, that made the right sacrifices in their lives when they were here. And he says, by faith, Abel, the, the first people that he goes to is, is Adam and Eve's ki- kids here. He says, let's look at these people for example. Abel brought brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. When God spoke well of his offerings and and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. What is he saying? He's saying he's reaping the benefits now. He's seeing the benefits now of the sacrifice that he made, even though he was killed right right after this. So it says faith is confidence in what we hope for. What do you hope for? What are you hoping for? With your mind's eye, looking ahead in your life, what do you hope for? Confidence in what you hope for. What are you sacrificing? Here's the question. What are you sacrificing today because of that hope? Are you hoping for a better marriage? What are you sacrificing today so that you can have that? Are you hoping for a better relationship with God? What are you sacrificing today so that you can have that? Everything that we hope for requires faith and it requires a sacrifice of some sort. When I talk to people whose marriage is struggling, they know the problems. They know what's wrong with their marriage. They know what they're doing that shouldn't be doing. They know why they're not connected like they used to be. And here's the, here's the interesting thing. Sometimes I have couples that are very willing to do the things that are necessary and their marriage comes back together and it's wonderful. Other couples, they know what they need to do and they're just unwilling to do it. If spending is the problem, well, okay, we're going to get divorced if we don't fix the spending problem. Oh, we better fix it. So two months, they get on a budget and they do great, but then right back into the same pattern, right? If sex is the issue, the one who's not interested is just barely doing enough to keep it going, keep things going, like feeding a dog crumbs from the table. And, 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 and I, I'm, I challenge these couple, come on, get things right, set a table and dine at it, enjoy one another. And, but... If they do that, it works. It's amazing how things work when you do these things. There's sacrifices that you have to make to be able to have what you want. Faith is confidence that this sacrifice today is going to bring and produce what I hope for. It's faith. So the author here reaches way back into Adam and Eve's kids, Abel and Cain. And he says this, by faith... Abel brought God a better sacrifice, a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. So their parents passed down to them the knowledge of good and evil. And they had the ability to look into the future and see what they wanted and they, dis- they would decide, am I going to take the good way to have this, or am I going to take the evil way to have this? How am I going to have what I want in the future? 
That's the knowledge of good and evil. You and I have this ability too. You can look at your future and you can say, this is what I want. Am I going to take the good way to do it or am I going to take the evil way to do it? Which way am I going to get what I want? You see, the fear of not having that is great. And the fear of the sacrifice that it's going to take in order to have that is great. But faith says, all right, I'm going to trust and I'm going to let this go so that I can get to that. So here's the story of Cain and Abel. We have God commending one man for his sacrifice over another man's sacrifice. So let's read it. Adam slept with, his, with Eve, his wife, and she conceived and had Cain. She said, I've gotten a man with God's help. She's got her baby boy, right? She's excited. Then she had another baby, Abel. Abel was a herdsman and Cain a farmer. Time passed. Cain brought an offering to God from the produce of his farm. Abel also brought an offering, but from the firstborn animals of his herd. Choice cuts of meat. God liked Abel in his offering, but Cain and his offering didn't get his approval. Cain lost his temper and went into a sulk. God spoke to Cain, and why this tantrum? Why the sulking? If you do well, won't you be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin is lying in wait for you, ready to pounce. It's out to get you. You've got to master it. Cain had words with his brother. They were out in the field. Cain came to Abel, his brother, and killed him. God said to Cain, where is, your, where is Abel, your brother? He said, oh, how should I know? Am I his babysitter? God said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is calling to me from the ground. That's another, another sermon right there, right? The voice of your brother's blood is calling to me from the ground. From now on, you'll get nothing but curses from this ground. You'll be driven from this ground that has, has opened its arms to receive the blood of your murdered brother. You'll farm this ground, but it will no longer give you its best. Look at that statement. It will no longer give you its best. You withheld, it will withhold. You'll be a homeless wanderer on earth. What was the difference between Abel and Cain? Faith. What'd you say? Who was it? One gave his best. Faith, the sacrifice, the willingness to be sacrificial, right? Abel had faith. Abel trusted God, and he believed in his hope. A hope for what? It's obvious here that he wanted a good relationship with God. Did Cain want a good relationship with God? It appears that he did. But how do we know Abel really wanted a good relationship with God? Because his sacrifice. Let that sink in. That's tangible. That's tangible. That's some. I know whether or not I really want to have a good relationship with God based upon my sacrifice. Have I really given him myself? But Cain gave in to temptation. Cain looked ahead and he saw the sacrifice he would, that it would take to make God happy. And he said, you know, I'm not going to do that. 
And when facing the choice of doing good or evil, when he looked down the road and he saw what he wanted, I want a good relationship with God, but I'm only willing to give this much. I'm only willing to do this much. His attitude was, hey, God, I did something for you. Gave you something. You should be grateful, God. Here's the message of this story. And this is the story about sacrifices all throughout Scripture. If your sacrifices aren't first rate, your relationship with God is going to suffer greatly. He gave us his best. Are you giving him your best? And this is true in every area of our lives. If you're half-heartedly in your marriage, are you going to have a healthy, great marriage? No. It's just common sense, though, isn't it? The temptation is always there to sacrifice as little as possible and hope for great return. That's how we, we want to do it. Do a little bit of work and expect promotion. <laughs> Invest just a little bit of money and expect Bitcoin return, right? Do a little bit. Just give a little bit of time to God and expect great relationship with God. God said to Cain, why this tantrum? Why the sulking? If you do well, won't you be accepted? God was offering him an opportunity to turn around and go and do it again. And he says, but if you don't do well, sin is lying in wait for you, ready to pounce. It's out to get you. You've got to master it. God is saying, Cain, as you look into the future, there ahead of you is what you want. There are two ways to get it. And one is, is to try to, to just appease me and just give me a little, and that's not going to work. Or you can turn around and you can actually fix this and give a great sacrifice. But here's, here's the idea that, that we've got to understand. There are two ways for us to get what we want. Um, looking forward, how do you see this happening if, if you want a, uh, the greatest lawn in your neighborhood? Who wants a great lawn? We all love great lawns, right? If you want to have the most beautiful lawn in the neighborhood, look ahead in your mind's eye, right? What is it going to take? It's going to take you watering it. It's going to take you nurturing it. It's going to take you throwing some kind of fertilizer out there. It's going to take you going out and pulling the weeds and getting rid of every little weed. You're going to be out there one by one pulling those weeds, or at least you're going to pay someone to do it. Somehow there's going to be great sacrifice in it, right? You're going to put your time, your money, your energy into having that most beautiful lawn in the world, or at least in your neighborhood, and you could do it, couldn't you? You could actually do that. You could actually have the most beautiful lawn in your neighborhood, and you could win the neighborhood lawn of the month if you wanted to. You could do that. There's another way that you could have the most beautiful lawn in your neighborhood. It's far more simple than that. You go out and you burn everybody else's lawn. (laughs) And that's exactly what Cain did. That's exactly what he did. Instead of doing the work, instead of putting in the sacrifice, he went and he killed his brother. And this is the same attitude 
It destroys marriages, it destroys jobs, it destroys families, it destroys our children, it destroys churches. Instead of us going and doing the work and putting in the sacrifice of what it takes, we say, well, God, you should be good with what I give you. God, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Honey, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. My boss, you get what you get, you don't throw a fit. I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing something at least, right? And even worse than that, even worse than that, and Jesus talked about this. He said, don't cast your pearls to the swine. So even worse than this, we end up giving our best to those that don't deserve it. We give our best to things that aren't even alive. We give our time, our energy, our emotion to people and things that don't deserve it. Don't cast your pearls to the swine. Make the right sacrifices and everything will be okay. That's the invitation. Look at what he said. He said, hey... Cain, if you do well, if you go back and do this, won't you be accepted? Yeah. So Cain is unhappy. He's frustrated. Anybody ever been there? He feels like everything he wants, he never gets, but it isn't true. Why? Because what Cain really wants, he would make a sacrifice for. He didn't really want a relationship with God. Otherwise, he would have made the right sacrifice. And then God said something that he really didn't like. Cain, you're miserable and it's your fault. I don't want to hear that, God. Cain didn't want to hear that his meaningless life was his fault. He just wanted God to be satisfied with the sacrifice that he gave. God, you just be satisfied. You lower the standard. But God knows that that is not healthy for us. So what does this look like? Well, I have a happy life in a church that I absolutely enjoy pastoring today. And there's a reason for that. Because there was great sacrifice. I left a larger church, financially stable, people doing all kinds of ministries, And I hoped for this. I could see it. A church where there weren't a bunch of politics like our government has that's destroying our nation today. And it's destroying churches. A church of people who love one another and have peace and do ministry. And just love God. 
a church where we don't twist your arm to give and do all the stuff to build a building and you know, I get calls as a pastor from these outfits that, that know how to come in and take over the church to, to get you to give so that we could have a bigger building. I get calls from these guys. It's their job. It's how they market. I don't know about you, but that makes me mad. <laughs> Any sacrifice that you give in this house is because you love him and because you believe and have hope and have faith sacrifice Cain had a great shock at some point surely he recognized this Cain was sacrificing his entire future for the privilege, the right of not making the right sacrifice today. He sacrificed his entire future just so that he wouldn't have to give God what he wanted today. Here's the point. You're always making an ultimate sacrifice, whether you want to or not. You're making a sacrifice. The question is, is it the right one? Are you going to sacrifice your entire future, your entire life, even your eternal life, so that you can have something that you don't really need or want today? Or do you look ahead and say, okay, I want that life. I want that life with God for eternity. And I want that relationship with God for eternity. You see, you're always killing something anyway. You're either killing your future or you're killing the right thing today and sacrificing it. You're always trading life of the life of something for something anyway. So the question is, are you going to make the right choice and tr make the right trade today? Are you going to make the right sacrifice Cain didn't realize that by withholding from God, he was sacrificing his entire life. And the same is with us. With, remember Esau? A little bit later after Cain. Remember Esau? What did he do? He traded his birthright blessing for what? A bowl of stew. And look at what the scripture says, Hebrews chapter 12. We were reading from chapter 11. Now we're into 12, just a few verses later. It says, watch out for the Esau syndrome, trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. You well know that Esau later regretted that impulsive act and wanted God's blessing, but by then it was too late, tears or no tears. And another scripture says, he, he, with great tears, another translation said, he, he, those, though he sought it, with great tears, he couldn't have it back. He regretted, he traded that, he sacrificed all of that for this bowl of stew. You see, what you give up determines what you get. What you sacrifice determines what you get. The seed that you sow determines what grows in your, in your yard, right? Are you just putting out fires today? James David, would you come? Are you, are you, just, are you the fire stomper? You're just putting out fires in life. Oh, this is where I got to go. This is what I got to do. This is how I've got to do it. This is what I need to pay. This is how I need to 
to function today. I'm just going to do what everyone else tells me to do. And you're going to run around stomping out fires and just putting out fires. Oh, if I don't do it, it's going to burn down. It's going to do this and that. Or are you being intentional and building a fire and saying, God, this is what I want. This is what I'm going after. And here's what's amazing. Cain's sacrifice most likely wasn't that far off base. We don't hear God say, whoa, that's way off. Most likely it just needed to be tweaked. We don't hear God saying, man, you got to go back and you got to start all the way over. This is crazy. Most likely it just needed to be tweaked. And in your life, most likely, whatever it is that's suffering in your life, because you're, you're withholding or not giving the full sacrifice towards it, most likely it just needs a little tweaking. Maybe you just need to give a little bit more effort, a little bit more. Maybe an extra 10 minutes. Maybe showing up to work an extra five minutes before. Just a little tweaking can make all of the difference. In your marriage, whatever it is, just a little tweaking. Probably just one little thing that you could just fix. And it could change everything. I read about a man who was struggling with his weight. And he went to the doctor and the doctor started talking to him about it. Okay, well tell me what your schedule is. Well, I do this and this and this and this. And then at night I finally get home and I relax late at night. And when everybody else is in bed, I just stay up and I play video games and I eat my snacks at that time. Really? No wonder you're exhausted all day long. And no wonder you're gaining weight and no longer your health is out of whack. So the man went home. But he didn't realize he was trading the rest of his life for late night video games and snacks. And he reversed it. Just a little tweak made all the difference in the world. What changes can you make? And here's the thing. You already know. You already know. Cain already knew what he did wrong with the sacrifice. God didn't even have to tell him. You already know what else needs to be sacrificed. What you need to put on the altar. You already know it. You know what needs to be done in your marriage. Just do it. Oh, John, that's hard. No, just do it. I had a young man one time. I saw him in the altar at the church, and he was just praying. Actually, he wasn't praying. He was just crying. <laughs> he had, his face was a mess. He was so upset. He was crying his head off. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean. It was bad. <laughs> so I went up to him, and I started praying with him, and finally I just got him up, and I said, Billy, what's going on? He said, man, my dad and I were just fighting all the time. We just fight and fight and fight. I said, well, Billy, tell me what it sounds like. What's your dad asking for? Oh, my room is a mess. And I just listened to him and got him some more tissues. 
Finally, I got him settled down. I said, Billy, I'm going to tell you something that is going to transform your life and transform your relationship with your father if you'll listen to me. <sighs> okay. Go home and clean your room. <laughs> Two weeks later, his mother walked up to me and she said, John, I don't know what you told him. <laughs> But our home is a place of peace and joy. They have a great relationship. Now, I don't know what you did. Just a little tweaking. And he did it. His father was a scientist, a brilliant mind. About five years later, his father came down with cancer. And he lost that father at a young age. I haven't talked to Billy, but I would imagine he's so grateful, so grateful that he made that little change. You know, so often, all it takes is just a little change in your marriage, a little change in how you function here at church, a little change. You want more? You want more out of your experience with God? Just a little change. A little more. Something. You already know. But unlike Cain, instead of going and destroying everything around you, you're going to make the right sacrifice. Would you bow your heads? Some of you are sitting there and there's something that you know for years God's been asking from you. And you've been unwilling. You've tried it your way. But today is the day to look into your future and decide, you know what? Three years from now, I don't want to be miserable anymore about this. Three years from now, I want this in my life. I want a better relationship with God. You see, that begins today by just laying yourself on the altar and saying, God, I present myself today as a living sacrifice and I ask you to come into my life. I'm going to die to myself today. I offer myself to you and I invite you to come into my life and I want you to be the Lord of my life. I make the sacrifice today. I've tried it my way for too long and I'm tired. I'm tired. So I give you my life in Jesus' name. Maybe some of you are sitting here and you know you've been listening to your spouse tell you what they need and what they'd like. You've been listening to it for years. But today's the day that you decide, you know what? I'm going to be that living sacrifice. And I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to give her what she wants. I'm going to give him what he wants. I'm going to fix this marriage. Your relationship with God. Some of you have been just taking care of him just a little bit. Today's the day to give yourself to him. All of you. Father, I thank you so much. And today you're giving us direction. As we take an honest look at our lives, the areas of our lives, those most important areas of our lives, 
We ask you to help us to have wisdom and strength to do what Cain couldn't do. To do what Abel did. If we do well, you've promised and we trust you. So we commit ourselves to you today for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, one more minute, if you would, right where you're seated. If you were one of those that maybe you gave your heart to Christ today, I just want to give you an opportunity to share with me. So right where you are, if that was you, I just want you to look up at me until my eyes catch yours. If you gave your heart to Christ today, a new, fresh start with Him, just look up at me until my eyes catch yours. Amen. 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 Amen.